for the homily. It's a gift to have uh, Deacon Albert with us this morning, uh, one of the deacons, not only for our diocese, but for this parish of Christ the King, and God willing, will be ordained uh, this, this summer a priest. So if you were disappointed that he's not preaching, I'm sorry. He called me like an hour ago, and I said, are you going to preach? He's like, no. I said, All right, so you're stuck with me, okay? Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, our hearts, and our souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So in the second week of Advent, preparing for the coming of Christ. And as we, you were with the masses that I preached last weekend in the evening, talk about the three comings of Christ. His first coming in the flesh is what we'll be celebrating again at Christmas. His second coming at the end of the world to judge the living and the dead. And his third coming in between those two to us at every moment of our life there is not a second of our lives that the Lord Jesus is not knocking on the door of our hearts longing for us to open ourselves to him to receive him to receive him again in his coming so we're preparing and as we're preparing the church gives us the one who prepared the way of the Lord John the Baptist prepare the way of the Lord make straight his paths right and he's in the desert he's calling this is an intentional he could have preached wherever he wanted but the Lord called him to go to the desert this means of of moving away right from the busyness and all of the the constant movement of the life of the city to come into the desert that their ears that our ears would be more attentive to the call of the Lord and attentive to his voice. And so different folks are coming and being baptized, and, uh, and then you have some scribes and the Pharisees, and John the Baptist is really nice to them, right? You know, he's like, hey, you brood of vipers, right? Who warned you to come and to repent? Why, why, is, why the, the strong language there? They, they were felt self-righteous, right? Like they had everything figured out, They had all the the different prescriptions of the law that they themselves were fulfilling in their particular role, so they had no need. And so he tells them, don't think just because you're children of Abraham, just because you're Jewish, just because you're a scribe or a Pharisee, that everything is okay. There's a call to real conversion, a deep conversion of the heart. And so what does he say? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. I was reading that and I was like, okay, all right. Lord, are you, are you looking at me? <laughs> Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. 
And as I was praying with this, and then even further, the Lord saying, right, you know, the, the axe lies at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not bear good fruit would be cut down and thrown into the fire. And in that moment, as I'm in the chapel praying with these scriptures, preparing to come and to celebrate Mass, I could, I could be attentive and hear two voices in my head. Two voices in my head. And they said some similar things, but the tone of which they said them was very different. And they're just using the gospel passage here, right? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. So the enemy, Satan, is in my ear saying, do you see all of these areas of your life where you are failed to produce good fruit? Do you see these areas of your life where you have fallen back in virtue that you had previously grown in? What is wrong with you? You are a priest of the Most High God. And just shame, right? This, this tone of shame coming through. And at the same time, the voice of the Lord, Andrew, bear fruit. Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And the Lord revealing to me and showing to me my faults, my sins, and the ways in which he desires conversion in my life. But actually with the voice of the Lord that was very clear about where I needed to grow and where I have fallen, there was a strength that came with it. I am with you. And I desire to produce this fruit in you. Be not afraid. And these competing voices, right, that are in our own minds and hearts, maybe now here in the church, you, you have an awareness of one or both of them. Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance and like, ah, oh, gosh, this heavy weight of the voice of the enemy or the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit that also spurs us on with this hope and confidence that conversion is possible possible. And so as I was praying with this, Lord again turned my mind to the first reading. The first reading where Isaiah is prophesying about the spirit of the Lord that will come, that will be upon the Messiah. And he speaks of these different gifts that the spirit will possess, that will give to him. And what are those? Wisdom and understanding, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord, counsel, fortitude, these gifts of the Spirit that have been given to us in our baptism. Now, maybe you memorized them in your catechism class, or you memorized them, and when you went to Catholic school, or, or P, uh, CCD, or PSR, whatever it is, or you just come through confirmation, maybe Deacon Albert memorized them when he was in RCIA here and was baptized right there in our baptismal font. But I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask myself the same question. In this season of Advent, this season of repentance, of turning from sin and turning again to the Lord to welcome His coming, how much are we asking God to give us what He already wants to give? This, this movement of conversion is primarily a work of God. Sanctification, 
the redemption of our minds and hearts and souls is primarily a work of God. We have to exercise effort. We have to strive to grow in virtue. It is very true. But our own efforts, it is impossible to live as God desires. And so what he gives us is his own divine life and the seven gifts. So I'm, I'm gonna read again the seven gifts and what they produce within us, what God gives us, hopefully to inspire us all to be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I need more of that. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit for more of that in my life. Because what the gifts of the Spirit do, they sanctify us and they actually perfect virtue. They make growing in virtue easier. Say that again. They make growing in virtue easier. Why? Because they are a power, right? The divine power of God in our life. So these are these gifts that are given to us, but sometimes they remain latent. They're just there. As a whole, I remember my conversion, that I had this conversion in college and I had this information or different things and through the grace of the sacraments and my life as a Catholic that were just there. And all of a sudden, like, the Lord is like waking me up and he's like, hey, you got this whole tool shed, man, that you've just left locked and there are like trees growing around it. Let me cut the trees down. Let's open up the tool shed and there's so much in here. This knowledge and this grace for real conversion. So first, wisdom. Wisdom gives us a taste for and a delight in the will of God. Wisdom, as a divine gift of the Holy Spirit, gives us a taste for and a delight in the will of God. Last week I talked about when we keep committing the same sin, what happens is we actually have an affection for that sin. We grow, like we're ordered towards habit, and so when we choose to do good things, we become more virtuous. When we choose to do sinful things, right, we're ordered towards habit. We, we gain vices in our life. And so we can have this affection for them. And we can do what St. Paul says, like, gosh, like, I, I want to do these other things, but I still have this craving for the sins that I don't want to do. And so when we ask the Lord for wisdom, he actually gives us a desire for and a delight in his will. Like, oh my gosh, ask him for this, to delight in doing his will it moves us to love as god does understanding it gives us a deeper knowledge of god and a clearer understanding of the truth you ever struggle like okay the church teaches this and i don't know why and i don't really get it ask for the gift of understanding that illumines the truth of god for us this penetrating insight into the heart of things knowledge knowledge allows us to judge created things in light of who God is in light of divine realities. So to think, again, LSU had a great season. We lost the last couple of games. Maybe some folks are heartbroken, right? But the gift of knowledge allows us to judge those things in light of God and his truth for us. It puts things in its proper order, whatever it may be, even the money in our bank account, the clothes on our back, what we desire, all of these things in light of the truth according to God. Fear of the Lord. What is fear of the Lord? Fear of the Lord is an awe and a reverence towards God, and so we begin to love Him and to have this reverence that we don't want to sin. Not because we are afraid of the Lord's punishment, but we are afraid to offend Him. 
Right? He loves so much the heart of the Father that we come, I don't want to offend the Lord, this desire not to offend Him by sin. Counsel, supernatural prudence, to judge rightly and to choose the best course of action for our salvation. Like, have you, would you think to ourselves, what is the best way for me to grow in sanctification? There's so many different paths and there's so many things that are put before me and I cannot do them all. And so the gift of counsel actually gives me the grace to judge rightly what is best for my sanctification and my salvation. Why would we not ask the Lord for more of this? Piety, to have this filial love of God as our Father and to love others as brothers and sisters in Christ. If we see God as this demanding um, kind of disciplinarian, ask for the gift of piety that allows us to see Christ revealing him as a father. Do we see other people in competition to ourselves or as less than who they should be in God's eye? Then piety reveals the truth. And here fortitude. Fortitude is a firmness in doing good and avoiding evil. A firmness to being able to persevere in the midst of temptation, in the midst of difficulty, of choosing what is right and good. It is a divine strength. Have you ever had the experience like, oh my gosh, there's a temptation that I just cannot, like I cannot get over this. In those moments, ask for the gift of fortitude to come alive in your heart because it is a divine strength that the Lord gives. So we look at this gospel. The Lord is calling us to repentance. John the Baptist is calling us to repentance to welcome Christ again. And maybe we can look at ourselves and in our own minds hear the voice of the enemy. You're not good enough. It's never going to get any better. Look at all of your sins. You should be ashamed. Or maybe the Lord is convicting us of the areas that we need to grow, but then encouraging us. He's coming and he's encouraging us and saying, ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ask for them because they are divine gifts, the divine life of God and power for us to live as Christ has called us. So as a practical suggestion, I want you to go and to, you just search Novena for the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit EWTN. I think they have the best prayers on theirs. Novena for the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit is normally prayed before Pentecost, EWTN. But it gives an explanation of the gift and a particular prayer for it. And you can incorporate these, maybe one at a time, in your own life, the particular one you're desiring for. And this Advent season, let us ask the Lord for those gifts that we too might be sanctified with Christ and experience the fruit and the peace in the joy of knowing and loving our Lord. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.